Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, man. I'm telling you what, that just charges me up. I'm excited, right? You know what I'm saying? Because I was, I was thinking about this week's uh, sermon, and, um, you know, if I was told that I had like one sermon left, all right, if I was told that I had one sermon left, man, to preach, you know, how would I, you know, how would I encourage the church? Where would I encourage them? You know, and uh, it would begin with that song right there, all right? The gospel, the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing me from sins. My Savior who died, who rose again and is my King in glory, amen? It would begin right there. But, but, but if I was to, to consider, like, what, what actual what, what will we talk about? I, I, I tell you, it, it's a stretch, ma'am, you know, because I, you know, there's so many things I would want to say, but I would have to say that this one right here would be on the deciding table, that today's message would be on the deciding table of, of what to talk about. Last week, Pastor Justin set the table so nicely in speaking about this, you know, the, the importance of discipleship, of discipling one another, of, of walking next to one another and sitting at a table with one another. Now, what's cool is, see, he didn't just make that up to sound cool. He didn't just talk about a table, all right? We need a table so, so we can sound cool, you know what I mean? It's not something that the church has kind of come up with in the last 20 years or 100 years. This is something that has been going on for thousands of years where, where men and women are growing together in Christ at a table, maybe not so much always actually a table, but, but, but in a circle, but definitely face to face, many all the time, including heart to heart, whole life to whole life, all right, with one another growing together, amen? This is, this is the idea. And then getting up from the table and changing the world together, Amen. Literally discipling one another. You disciple me, and hopefully God will use me to disciple you, all right? And praise the Lord, we will become better, stronger, more resilient disciples of Jesus Christ, amen? amen. Jesus said this is what we need to be about, all right? If you got a problem with it, tell him, all right? Because this is what he said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. You know this stuff, man. You've heard this stuff forever, man. You've been hearing this. If you've been listening to anything in church world, you've been hearing this right here, this command that Jesus gives us, amen? And so, Father, we praise you, and we give you thanks for your word, and we pray in the name of Christ that you would guide us through your word, in your word, from your word, Lord God, and lead us to change the world, all right? So we just give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 28, 18 says this, Jesus said this, after the resurrected Jesus, the one who was crucified, who gave his life, who shed his blood for your sin and my sin, who died, was buried three days, rose again, all right, rose again after three days, all right, and then, and then was seen by so many people. And before ascending into heaven and sending us his Holy Spirit to empower us for this life, because he knew it would be rugged, he said this, all authority in heaven and earth all right, has been given to me. Who gets to say that? Only God, right? He says, so he says, what he tells everyone here in this room, go, go, therefore, and make, create, 
be about the business of forming and shaping disciples of all nations. And I want all of you to baptize them. And I want all of you, all right, to recognize, all right, and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want every one of you here to teach them, to lead them, to set an example for them, to challenge them, to observe, all right, to conform their actions, to conform their life, to, to put into practice all the things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you through this whole thing, man. The whole time, all the way until you come back here with me. Right? And we see this. And we've been talking about this forever. But how do you do that? I'm not a teacher. Maybe you're saying, all right? I don't, you know, I don't know if I know enough. All right? All lame excuses. Anyways, all right? How do you make a decision? How do you teach somebody to conform their life to Christ? And I want to challenge you with some practical stuff today. Some very practical things. Hopefully you're taking notes because there is a lot to take note of today. All right? And if you don't have a note taker, pull out your phone and there should be a note thing in there or write yourself a long text or write somebody you know a long text and ask them, why are you sending this to me? Well, I'm glad you asked. Anyways, um, so... <laughs> Right? So, 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 so there's, there is a lot here. So, so, so how do we do this, man? And I, and I don't think it's as complicated as we think. I think we, we need, it's just about creating an environment or maybe even allowing an environment in your life. All right? Or maybe becoming a part of a growing environment. And what you do is you just let God do the teaching through his word. I love what Pastor Justin shared last week when he shared this idea of a gospel-centered community. And we ask, well, what is that? It sounds real good. It sounds real churchy, right? It sounds like something we should be about. All right, but what is it? It's where two or more people are gathered together for the purpose of being shaped and formed into the image of Jesus Christ. All right, like I said, it's not that complicated because it's where imitation of Christ is encouraged and it is challenge. I want to challenge you to come to a table that I sat at. All right. About seven years ago, I had a table and, 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 uh, and, and I want to challenge you to come sit at this table with me. All right. This can be kind of tripped out, man, because I got a chair for you right here or I got a chair for you. Well, actually somebody's already sitting right here. As you can see, somebody's sitting here. Um, you already have a chair. Pretend it's right here. All right. Come on. Use your mind. All right. Come on. In your mind's eye, just come to the, come to the table with me. Seven years ago, I was sitting at a table with some guys that you may know or recognize some of their names. I don't know if you guys remember Nick Griggs, Pastor Nick. You guys, anybody here remember Nick? He was sitting at this table. All right, Pastor Blake Anderson, all right, he's uh, coming up and being, becoming our financial pastor. All right, he was sitting at this table. Does anybody remember uh, Pastor Seth Harkins? Anybody remember Seth? That's back in the day. All right, if you guys remember Seth, that was back in the day. He used to preach a little bit with us. It was pretty awesome. He was sitting at the table. Brian Kincaid, Pastor Brian Kincaid, he, he was sitting at the table. He was our, our men's, uh, he's our men's ministry, our men's discipleship leader today. I'm pastor, all right? Um, who else? Mickey McGavick, all right? Probably the maddest, craziest drummer you've ever seen in your life, all right? He sits up here, blasts out for our worship team. He was sitting at the table, all right? It was a good table, and it was like I said, it was about seven and a half years ago. We're sitting at this table. We got our little Bibles out, right? We're sitting over here at the, you know, up here at Darby's and we're sitting there having breakfast with one another. 
Now, I want you to imagine you're at this table because I want to share with you a discussion that we had at this table. I, I, I want to show you. I told them I wasn't going to get up till I was done with that table, but, but, but you know, just stay with me, guys. All right. I, I want to show you how simple it is and how uncomplicated it is just to sit at a table like this, how to create this table because we're supposed to be doing what he said. Remember, making disciples, teaching them to observe everything he's commanded them. Remember, this is what he said. All right, and so I wanna show you, this is how simple it was. I was reading, you know, uh, an article, all right? And this is the third, our third meeting that we're sitting together, that all of us are at this table together, all right? I had met with a couple of them before this, but, but this is our, the, first, the third time we're all together. And I wanted to challenge them with, with a question and then a story that I had read earlier that week. And, and I'm sure you can read a story, man, and, and God will speak to you and, and, you know, and you can share this. So imagine you're at the table. So here we go, right? We're at the table and, uh, and we're chopping it up. We're having a good time. And then I, uh, I simply asked them this question. And so you're at the table with me. Okay, here we go. Um, are, you, are you a good Christian? Are you a good Christian? Now, automatically, I mean, it's a simple question. You guys, you know, so what, you know, and before you answer that, let me, let me challenge you with another question. Or would you say you're a good Christ? And I'm looking at the looks, they're thinking. And then I ask, well, which would you choose? If you had to choose and you're asking, you know, is there really a choice? Well, come on, guys. What would, you, what would you choose? You know, what would you rather look like, a good Christian, or would you rather look like Jesus? And then I ask, do, do you, would you be able to say right now that you look anything like Jesus? I was reading an article the other day, all right? I was reading this article right here, and it was an article by a guy named Francis Chen, all right? And, uh, and he was speaking about a pastor, all right? Actually, the pastor who married him and his wife, and uh, how this pastor went to go visit another pastor in San Diego, who was a youth pastor for like about 30 years, all right? And uh, a lot of his youth had grown up and come into the ministry, and they're doing really cool stuff. Anyways, he went to go visit this youth pastor. His name was Dan, and Dan went to go visit this youth pastor named Vaughn, and Vaughn and him went down to Tijuana with a mission, on a mission trip, and it wasn't just one of those weekend mission trips where you pat yourself on the back because you did something really good, all right? It was a place that he went all the time. It was in Mexico, it was in Tijuana, Mexico, and he went there all the time. He said, and the people knew him. When he showed up, they recognized him because he, was, he would go back. And he says, what struck him, what spoke to him mostly, he said, when he started telling Francis about this encounter, he says, what spoke to me mostly wasn't the awful living conditions that I, that I saw. It wasn't the, you know, the, the, uh, some of the inhumane things that these people are having to go through, all right, just to get food and stuff like that. No, he says what impacted him most was the relationship he saw between Vaughn and the people of this community. He says when he saw Vaughn with these people, he, he spoke of, of his compassion with these people. He spoke of his sacrifice and his love that he witnessed in Vaughn's words, all right, and his actions as he held these malnourished kids these unbathed children, as he hugged people that were obviously having, you know, taken a bath or showers and stuff like that. He said, then he made this statement that sent uh, Francis reeling. He says, he says, Dan said this about Vaughn. He says, the date, check this out. Are you, are you listening? He said, the day I spent with, with, with Vaughn was the closest thing I've ever experienced to walking with Jesus. He said, that, that, that was such a bold statement. 
And I started to think, man, how much, does anybody ever say that about me? Does anybody ever say that about you or about you? How would you like it if your kids said that about you? How would you like to say that about your kids? It was so eerie because he kept thinking to himself, if Jesus were still walking on the earth in the flesh, this is what it would feel like to walk beside him. So let me ask you again. Are you a good Christian? Or are you a good Jesus? Which do you choose to resemble? Do you look anything like Jesus? All right. Everybody here at the table, try to be completely honest. Okay, you ready? I want you guys to be completely honest. And, and you know what? Just think about this. Maybe you don't have to answer this out loud, but just come on. We're sitting at a table. Nobody else is listening. It's just us, all right? And we're just right here. And I want you to be completely honest with yourself, with yourself right now. You know, lie to me all you want. Be honest with yourself. Is the following statements true about you? You passionately love Jesus, but you don't really want to be like him. Not exactly. Is that true about you? Think about it. How about this? You, 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 you admire his humility, but you don't want to be all that humble. Is that true of you right now? Come on, man. There ain't nobody here. It's just us. All right, we're just sitting at the table, having some coffee. Take another bite off your omelet, all right? It's good. A little too much cheese, probably, I think, for, you know, your cholesterol. But anyways. <laughs> How about this one? You think it's beautiful that he washed the feet of his disciples, but that's not exactly the direction that your life is headed right now. <laughs> I got a couple of questions for you guys, since we're just here sitting at the table. Since we're just here face to face, since we're in this little circle together, heart to heart, whole life to whole life, how would it challenge the church, you know, the people we're going to see this Sunday maybe, you know, if the men sitting at this table, and now women, decided to actually follow his pattern in life? How would it just change the church? Okay, well, we're going to change the world. How would it just change the church if we actually did this, guys? What if we each made a personal decision to stop talking so much and begin living like Jesus? Of course, I didn't yell like this in the middle of a restaurant, but we're all here and it's exciting. So anyways, Right? took a sip of my coffee, and we're all thinking, and I thought, what if we could actually say, as Paul said in his letter to the Corinthians, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And then I challenged them to something as we're sitting there. Third time, we just met one week, two weeks, this is the third week. And then I challenged them to something. Let's commit to sit at this table together, just us, for two years. Let's do that. Let's sit at this table for two years. Are you guys ready to commit to that? And we just made the commitment. All right, we made the commitment. 
And these men's lives, I believe, were changed as today they're still challenging themselves of what it looks like to, to imitate Christ. Hey man, thanks for kicking it with me at the table. That was, very, that was pretty awesome. What, what about you? you know, what about you, man? Where are you creating or where are you allowing these types of environments to happen? These types of conversations. You know, it's not that complicated, man. I can remember my first table wasn't even a table. The first time I decided that, you know what, I needed, I needed this kind of interaction, this type of commitment. A few guys, we, let, we, we met under a lamp, a street lamp, all right? And, and, and it was crazy because um, it wasn't actually on the streets. Some of you know the story. Anyways, um, but there was a lamp out there in the yard. And in the evening, our, 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 our assignment for the day was to read somewhere in the Bible where God might even lead us and just maybe even read. I used to use daily breads and those are really, really helpful still. I don't know how good they are today, but they were really helpful for me for quite a few years. I'd read my daily bread and then that evening I'd come to the lamp and each of us would share what God said and how it challenged us and how we're gonna make a difference. It was pretty cool. My second table wasn't even a table. It was actually my bunk, <laughs> all right? And I just challenged people, at, you know, that were in this area, all right? Okay, we're in this place, all right? And I challenged them that, that you know what, if, if anyone wants to talk about Jesus, <laughs> come over to my bunk tonight. All right, it's not weird. Some of you don't know my story. I was in jail and there was a bunk, okay? You're like, dude, really? Um, that sounds kind of weird. <laughs> what kind of ministries do you have? Um, no. <clears throat> All right, this is, this is, I was in jail. It was like a couple weeks ago. It was pretty awesome. All right, so uh, some of you are wondering why I wasn't preaching last week. Um, we actually have a bail fund here at the church. It's pretty cool. Uh, so some of you are like, stop. They're going to think you're serious. <laughs> Anyways. I'm sitting at this table, man, I'm in my bunk, and they come, and we, and, we, and we talk about Jesus. And we dedicated ourselves to publicly reading out loud in the middle of this, of this, of this room. It's maybe about this big, actually, all right? And there was 84 dudes, 84 bunks, and we'd sit in my bunk, and just a few of us would be reading the scriptures out loud. We would be worshiping together out loud, all right? We'd be teaching one another the scriptures, and we'd be developing one another as leaders, and we'd be going out into the rest of the place, all right, sharing Jesus with everybody there. And, 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 and it's crazy because it changed the world. Now, if you can imagine with me a square, all right? And we're looking at an aerial view of this place. There's a square, all right? and you cut it in four pieces, piece A, piece B, piece C, and piece D. These are the, these are the different quote-unquote, you know, pods or whatever, if you will. And in the middle, there's a center guard shack, and they're looking at these people, looking at these people, looking at these people, looking at these people, all right? And there's craziness. This is a pretty rough place. They actually called the whole place a gladiator arena, all right? And there's craziness going on in every one of these places except for pod C. There was fights. There was trouble. There was drugs. And there was praying over here in this one pod. And it was crazy because more men and more men and more men were, were dedicated to the public reading of scripture and, and worshiping together. And it wasn't, let me just set to, it wasn't because of me. Okay, wow, you did a great job, bro. No, it was not because 
of me, man. It was because a table of men decided to not just sit around the table. You understand? Our number one question became, as we would sit and we would read and we would discuss and we would pray and we would worship, our number one question before we got up was, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? It was our number one question 26 years ago, man. It was world changing. It's much more natural than you think. If you just allow, stop taking all the weight on yourself. I got to change their lives. I got to, no, 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 no. God's word does that. So what happens at these tables? Well, when I meet with men, we become brothers. Women meet with women, they become sisters. Well, men and women meet with men and women, we become brothers and sisters. <laughs> Family for life. If they choose. Now, some people split. Some people don't stick around the table. And some split for a little while and then they come back. All right? And they're welcome back to the table. But, 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 but what takes place is that number one is as we agree upon the reason why we're there, and that is for discipling one another, growing and shaping and forming one another into the image of Christ. And because of that, we know that we're able to slow down a little bit. And this is important. And I think this is why a table is so important because at a table, we can slow down a little bit so we can see each other a little better. And when I can see you a little better, and when you can see me a little better, we can learn how to love one another a little better. Amen? And we build deeper relationships because we share life, good parts of life, bad parts of life. And because we're committed for a couple of years, man, we don't have a problem as, as the time goes by to start bringing out some of those things that are deep and hidden within that we really need to bring out. Prayer happens, growth happens, mission happens. And we teach one another to observe. I want to challenge you to something, ma'am. My current table right now that, that, that we meet every Tuesday morning, have some amazing uh, men that meet with me uh, every Tuesday morning at 6.30. And, um, you know, here's how we grow. And this might be a good thing for you to really write down. If you haven't written anything down, I want you to write down these three words. Conviction, uh, character, and competence. Conviction character, and competence. All right? So, so, so now, when I sit down with, with, with my guys, all right, and I like to just call them my guys, man, because they are my guys, and I'm their guy, and we're, and we're boys, man. This is how we roll. I like to sit down with them at this table, and we open up the Word of God. All right? We chop it up a little bit. We say, what's up? We pray. Everybody at the table prays. All right? And, and, then, and then we have our coffee, sometimes too much, all right? Um, and then we challenge the, the morning with those three words, conviction, character, and competence. We open up the word of God. And the first thing we challenge is conviction. How does this challenge you? It's so simple, man. Open up the word of God. Read a passage. How are we challenged? And, and, you know, lately, each of us have been bringing, uh, spending, you know, your turn this week, your turn this week, your turn this week. 
Bring the word and let's just talk about, see how it challenges it. And now they're actually, we're actually going um, next level stuff where we're, they're actually teaching and leading, leading lessons. It's pretty awesome. But we began like this, how, open up the word. How does this challenge you? I mean, what is a practical example? I'm not talking about, well, man, it really you know, challenges my inner voices of, you know, just eternity. No, how does it practically challenge you? When I read this, man, why, you know, uh, what is challenging? What words are sticking out? What is God saying that's just kind of, man, this is kind of challenging. Can we just be honest with one another and ask that question? Number two, we say, character, what needs to change about you so we could look like this? He says, teaching them to observe. In other words, to conform and to put into practice everything that I have commanded you. He says, you know, so, so when we look at this, we challenge, how, you know, conviction, how does this challenge you? You, you, and you, and you, and me as well. How does this, you know, the character, how do, well, what needs to change about me so I can look better like this, so I can better resemble this verse or these words or this teaching, you know, how can, you know, how, what needs to change about you? And then finally, my favorite is competence. All right. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to do it? And when, man, are you going to do it? This is, uh, we don't yell at each other like that. I'm just getting excited. Sorry. We actually say it more cool. So what are you going to do on it? All right. So you know, <laughs> what, how, and when are so important in competence? Because if I recognize this is challenging, and if I understand that I don't look like this right now, and I know that this is Jesus' word, this is God's word, and so something needs to be done, so what is it that needs to be done? You see, it's not so complicated. We're going to put it to the test right now. Are you ready? All of us are going to put this to the test. We're going to put character, I mean, conviction, character, and competence to the test. I'm going to put a scripture up here. All right, and I want each of you. We're all going to get. I want each. We're going to have a microphone. And ask every one of you. All right, no, just, all right. So, so, so you're like, ain't no way that can happen. No, we're just going to pick you randomly. Okay, you guys ready? All right. So, um, no, just kidding. I'm going to put a scripture up here. I want you to take a look at it, and we're going to begin with conviction. And we're going to leave it up there. Are you ready? Here it is. Uh, it's out of Luke chapter nine, verse twenty-three, and he said to all. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Look at that scripture. That's, 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 that's Jesus' word. That's God's word speaking through, and, and Jesus' word. Just, just check this out. This is our great God and King, Jesus Christ. What is convicting about that? Just for you personally. You might even want to write that down. How does this challenge you? How does this verse right here challenge you? I'm going to give you a second to read it really again to yourself. How is that challenging you? Now next, I want you to take a look at character. What needs to change about you to better reflect what he's saying right here? If anyone, he said, look, at, he said it to everyone. He said it to everyone. If anyone here would come after me, would follow me, would be like me, would be my disciple, let him or her deny themselves and take up his cross daily and follow me. 
What needs to change about you? Right here. What needs to change about your day? What needs to change about your program for life right now? What needs to change maybe about your goals in life? What needs to change maybe about your priorities? What needs to change about your conversations? Come on, let's make it practical, man. What needs to change about the way you spend your money? Oh, dang. Put the keys down. You don't got to leave. And then finally, competence. Take a look at that. You recognize the challenge. You understand what needs to change. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, man? How are you going to do it? Having a what is great. Creating a how, that, that talks about a plan. That talks about a plan. And then when. I talk so many times, man. You know, when. You know, people say, I got to, I got to, I got to. I don't want to hear, I got to. When. Pull out your calendar. You're setting dates right now for all kinds of things in your life. You have a schedule. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, on the, you know this day and this day we got this. You know, the 11th, we have this really cool comedy show. Oh, or the 10th, I don't even know what date it is. We're going to have a video. We'll show you a little bit later, but it's pretty awesome. I'm going to be there. Hopefully you're going to be there too. All right. <laughs> Shameless plug. But anyways, you set calendars. When are you going to do this? When are you going to make it happen? Do you see what we do right here at the table determines of what's going to happen when we get up from the table? Are you recognizing the importance and this, the, and then how, how strong this table and how strong this, this gospel-centered community is in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you seeing that? What we do at the table determines, all right, through, through conviction, through character, and through competence, com, you know, de determines what was going to happen when we get up from the table. Amen? Hallelujah. That's why you're here, man. Right? To be challenged, to be a disciple who makes disciples. He didn't say, just go and be a disciple. He said, go and make disciples. And no one's exempt. I know, man. You're like, dude, I don't have any time for this right now. I got time for that. Well, you tell, tell him. You know what he's going to say? Um, totally created time. <laughs> All right? I totally created it. I'm talking to the wrong guy about this. If you're complaining about it, you need time, let me show you where you can put some time in. This is why we're here. To be disciples who make disciples, all right? John 15 says this, 16. He says, you didn't choose me. Jesus is saying, look at man, you all think you chose me? You didn't choose me, man. I chose you. I came after you. I, I, I selected you, each of you here by name for my reasons, not yours. All right? I appointed you. I assigned you. I have an assignment for you. I know your name. I've been watching you from the day you started crying, snot coming out of your nose. Somebody had to change your diapers and all the craziness. I've been watching you, and I've been waiting for you. I have an assignment for you. I have people, man, whose lives you're going to impact for my sake, he says. 
so that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, should remain. In other words, you're not just going to get people wet in the, in, the, in, the, in the baptismal and then they're going to just get ghost on you. No, you're gonna, that's what you're going to commit to their life. So that whatever you ask in my name, Father may give you. You see, true discipleship, and when, you say, when he says my name, he's talking about his glory, his reasons to point to him. And real, true discipleship in the church will never point to the discipler or the disciple. It'll always point to Jesus Christ. I'm going to challenge you. If you're sitting in a circle right now, all right, where everything is pointing to the circle leader, you're in the wrong circle. All right? You're in the wrong circle. A good table leader, a circle leader, a discipleship leader, a discipler will say, walk with me. All right? Here's what he'll say. Walk with me. Here's what she'll say. Walk with me. Here's what they'll say. Walk with me. I will, as I walk with him. Walk with me as I walk with him. Imitate me as I imitate him and so become an imitator of him and not me. Amen? <laughs> it's hard sometimes because so many today are claiming to follow Jesus, but instead they're just following a glorified version of themselves. And trying to get others to come along. We're here to follow Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. John, 1 John 5, 1 says this, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been sent by God, is God's Christ, is the son of the living God, has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of God. This is the common ground. The common ground of men and women followers of Jesus. It's not race. It's not class. It's not culture. It's not language. Not anything except for a common birth, a common rebirth in Jesus Christ and the common lordship of him and a, common, and, 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 a, and, a, and a verified, clarified understanding of who we are following, Jesus Christ, who was sent by God, who is God, who gave us the spirit of God, who paved the way back to God by his blood that was poured out for our sins who rose again from the dead and is our great God and King and is God with God. Amen. This is the foundation of our gospel-centered community. The gospel. The blood. And I want to challenge you. We're not done right now. I've asked that we can include this song into this sermon because I have four things I want you to do right after we sing this song, but we have to recognize that, what, that, that we're on common ground. It's so important to clarify which Jesus, who we're talking about. All right? So I want to challenge you. Don't, this is not, this last song is never the exit song. Hey, you know, this is the time for those of you who got to go early. It's not that time. This is part of, this is all what God has ordained for us to, to be a part of and be engaged with. So, so join us with it right now. And I think I got like two minutes after this song. I want to challenge you something, and I want to pray, and then, and then you guys can bolt. Amen.
Join us right here.
Lord. Amen. Now, could it be that, that you were saved? All right. That, could, could it be that, 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 that he saved your life so that you could be a life saver as well for his glory? You know, you, you guys, that table, that first table that I was sitting at, I challenged, I, I, I rattled off some pastors. They weren't pastors when they sat at that table. Right? They weren't the men that they are today when they sat at that table. Neither was I. And God led us from that table. Amen? So I want to challenge you, all right, to, to, to stop allowing the superficial, all right, relationships that we may be having in church and challenge this environment this growing environment of making disciples. Four things I'm going to give you right now. You guys take this home with you, man. Number one, I want you to commit, all right? Commit to a group of around five people of your same gender. Commit to a group of around, you know, no more than five, maybe five, four or five people of your same gender. All right, commit to this group, right? And then I want you to stay there for at least two years. Challenge the, 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 the table for two years. You're like, dude, I, you know, just, I'm telling you, man. I've been doing this for over 20 years now. All right, I'm, I've been being formed. I'm watching other dudes be formed and, 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 and uh, transformed for the glory of God. And then I want you to challenge at that table, number three, number three, I want you to challenge conviction. I want you to challenge character, your conviction, your character, and your confidence in the way that we laid it out. And then finally, I let God do the work. Amen. I don't care how old you are, man. I've watched teenagers do this and I'm talking to a couple that were at a table like this about 20 years ago when they were teenagers and they're still, now they're, they're, these, these couples are talking about planning a church together in you know, somewhere in the United States. We haven't figured that out yet, but it's pretty awesome. Just the teenagers started just challenging one another to live like this for God's glory. Let's pray. Father, we give you the praise, Lord God, and we give you the honor, and we give you the glory, Lord God. I always pray for everyone in this family right here, Lord God, that we would truly pursue to become just that, for your family in Christ, for your glory, and disciple one another, Lord God, in Jesus' name.